All right. All right. You guys want to turn to Romans 12 for me? Start with, let me actually get there. Read the wrong chapter there. All right, we'll start with uh, verse 1. Paul's writing to the church in Rome, and this is uh, this book Paul wrote was one, a very um, tough book because he's writing to the Christians in Rome, and Rome is literally the people who uh, is the country that is holding Israel hostage, holding the the Jewish people hostage and, and as a, an occupied country. So he writes this to the Christians in Rome. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, <clears throat> excuse me, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Verse 3 it says, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one among you, you do not think more highly of yourselves, but think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned for you. For as in one body we have many members, and in the members do not all have the same function. So I was uh, started out with that scripture, and we've been talking a lot in this last couple of weeks about faith and how our faith needs to increase and grow um, in every area of our life. Um, so um, he says, through the grace God has given to me, to everyone who is among you, do not think more highly of yourself, but God has dealt each of us, each of us a measure of faith. So that, that word measure, in our minds, thinks, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to scoop something out, I'm going to make a cake, or I'm going to make something, and you, you get the measuring cup out, and you scoop it off, and some people go, you know, they get the measuring cup up, and then they scrape off the top, so it's perfectly, you know, uh, you know, some people just go, eh, close enough, and throw it in, so I kind of think of that way with God, he knows what we need, some of us, he, he goes, and he scrapes it off the top, he goes, that's exactly what they need, and some of them, he just grabs a scoop, and goes, yeah, that's what they need, and just throws it in, you know, none of us are exactly precise in everything we do. But God knows exactly what we need. So sometimes it's, it's over the, the top and it's not scraped off and he throws it in. And some of it is perfectly scraped off because that's what we need. But the measure of faith in, in what I want to talk to you guys about today is when we're born again, we get a measure of faith. We get this, this sliver of faith or this, this small portion of faith that is given to us. But I want you to understand that, that small portion of faith is not going to be um, useless. A small portion of faith, Jesus said a mustard seed, the grain of a mustard seed, you have faith like that, you can move mountains. So that sliver of faith, people are like, oh, I just have just a little bit of faith. Well, you know what? I have seen born-again Christians that are just brought into the kingdom of God do things that I haven't seen Christians that are 30, 40 years in their faith do. And we're talking faith that I've seen people come into, um, uh, be born again, and immediately God, they have the ability to lay hands on people and see them recover i'm just like dang i'm like i want that because what happens is is this that sliver that little measure of faith is powerful and sometimes we get comfortable in our faith sometimes we get well yep i got faith faith in what we all have faith in god but faith in god is not the the um the end all it's the starting point so when we are born again we have faith we had to have faith because we believe that jesus christ 2,000 years ago, came to earth in, in the 
and his mother was a virgin. He did miracles, was beaten, crucified, buried, resurrected. That takes a lot of faith to, to believe that. I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, it's like, you know, if someone comes up to you and says, yeah, I believe in this guy and, and he did this and this, and they're kind of like, if, if no one knew who he was and you said that, they'd be like, who are you talking about? Because it does sound crazy. But we have faith in that Jesus was the Son of God. So that measure of faith is given to us for a purpose. It's not just there to um, sustain us for our entire life. It's meant to be a platform and a building block of faith to start growing in our faith. So when we're born into the kingdom of God, we're infants. Um, That measure is small and highly effective, but it's meant to grow. It's a seed. Jesus referred to faith as a mustard seed. It's, he goes, it's basically if you had the faith the size of a mustard seed. Jesus is saying that faith is not just uh, um, an object or a thing. It's, it's actually um, something that can be planted because faith grows. Jesus always referred to things in um, agriculture, if you really look at it, because he was, referring, he was talking to farmers and he's talking to people who, who worked in the fields. And so Jesus is saying that faith needs to grow, that faith is going to be planted in you you're being watered. So as a new believer, you come into the, the kingdom of God, you have a measure of faith. That, that little bit of faith is planted in here. And what happens is you have believers that come alongside you who are more mature and they're watering you and they're, and they're helping you weed. And, they're, and so what's happening, that faith is starting to grow. It's not just this little tiny seed, it grows into a plant. So it grows and grows. But that little bit of faith is a highly effective tool in our walk with God. Because even though it's small, God says, I'm giving you this because you're going to need it. I'm giving you faith because you're going to need faith. You may not have this much faith. You may have this much faith. But it's going to do, it can do the same thing. Faith like this and faith like this can do exactly the same thing. It's how we use it. You know, a lot of times when a person is born again, faith is like, oh my gosh, they're so excited. And they're like, I just saw somebody healed. I saw somebody, you know, this going on. I, I, God's doing this. I, you know, I'm, I'm drinking anymore. I'm not I'm doing drugs anymore. And God just all of a sudden, everything changes in them and it just starts falling off and, of them and their life starts to change. And they're, they go to their work and they're laying hands on people and they're getting people born again. And they're like three weeks in and you're like, dang. You're like, but they have that vibrancy and that excitement about it. But it's so new and exciting to them. But I think sometimes as, as believers, we grow in our maturity in God, but we lose our excitement about faith. We lo- it becomes a routine. And our routine is good. We need to stay in a routine. But in what, where does faith come? Is it just a morning thing? Well, I got to read something on faith. And you read it and it's like, okay, yep, I got that. It, it, faith is something that needs to be exciting because Faith is the only thing that allows us access to God. It says it's impossible to please God without faith. It, it, faith in his son allows us to have access to God. So our faith shouldn't just be like, yep, I got faith and I can talk to Jesus. I can talk to God and he hears me and the Holy Spirit's working in me. That's awesome. But where, where does it stop and say, okay, this is, this is as much as I need? We, we, when Jesus performed the miracle of water to wine... What did they say? They said, why did you wait for the good wine till last? 
Normally in wedding ceremonies, they'd bring the good wine out first to get everybody get all snickered up, and then they'd bring the bad stuff out so nobody knew because they couldn't taste it. But God doesn't do that. He doesn't say, oh, I'm going to give you something really good, and then I'm going to give you bad stuff. He's like, I'm going to give you the good stuff, and it's going to be overflowing. If you look at the miracles, the creative miracles that God did in the Bible with the woman um, and her son that needed oil, it wasn't just like, oh, here's a little bit of oil. It was like, go get more jars and get more jars and more jars. It's an overflowing miracle. There was enough and there was more than enough that she actually sold it to um, the neighbors for income. So our faith needs to be like that oil and that wine that it's not just, well, it's it's good enough for now. It needs to be, okay, this is amazing why is, is, as we grow in our faith, as we get older in our age, so when we're in our 60s, 70s, and 80s, it's like, man, this is, the, this is I wish I had this faith, faith when I was in my 20s. I haven't experienced this because it shouldn't be, well, we're just going to write out our faith. I remember back in 30 years ago when God did this. Well, yes, we remember that, but it shouldn't be 30 years ago when God did this. It should be three minutes ago when God did this. So our faith needs to increase for our circumstances in our, in our lives. We can't let it become a routine. We have to make it a routine of growing in our faith, but it can't just become a, a thing, well, I get up every morning and I, and I, I have faith. faith. Faith can be used as an action or it can be used as just, yep, I got faith. It's like something you just have. A lot of people say, I've got faith, but there's nothing behind it. There's no um, involvement in it. They just have faith. So as we grow in our, in our walk with God, it shouldn't be, a, a, our measure should not plateau. It should be constantly growing. It's like in business. You want business. You, you, don't, you don't want this in business. You don't want this and then this. And you want a gradual increase. And that's the way our, our life should be. We should have a gradual increase of faith in our entire life as we walk with God. It shouldn't be like, well, my faith was here and now it's here and now it's, you know, there's moments that we do that. And don't get me wrong, we all have been there. But God's like, I want your faith to go gradually up and not plateau. Some people are like, well, you know, 30 years ago, it was here, we were seeing this, and then it just kind of flatlined. What happens when people flatline? They're dead. When your faith flatlines, you are dead. Your faith, it needs to be rejuvenated. You need to get the paddles out and go, ba-bam, and just wake them up. Because if your faith is flatlining, that means you're not seeking God for things or there's not challenges in your life that you need God for. I'll let that sink in for a minute there. If your faith is flatlining, let me I'll repeat this, there's some, obviously nothing you need God for because it's just there, just a steady, everything's good. Everything's good. Nothing bad happens. Unicorns and rainbows. Everything goes good. Everything goes good. That's it. That's it. But what happens is in real life, I don't know if you all live in real life, sometimes it feels like this and sometimes it feels like this. Life may do this, but faith should do this. So bumps come, hills, valleys, but it should constantly be going up. But when this is happening, it usually just ends up like this. It's all downhill from there. So, how many of you guys are parents? Raise your hand. Lana, don't raise your hand. <laughs> um, 
So I remember this with, um, with Layla, not so much Lana, because um, when my kids started learning to walk, what do, what do we do? We sit on the other side of the room and we say, we say really weird things in, in really high voices to them and they come walking towards, oh, you're, it's so cute. You know, we say that kind of stuff. And then they come walking towards us and we celebrate that. Lana, I couldn't. She just went from like a crawl to a scoot to I'm running. And it was no like, she's just like, get out of my way. You're, you're, you're talking too much. I got to run. Um, but Layla, I, we could, and she would hold onto the couch. At first it was, you know, trying to get themselves to stand up. And then it was holding onto the couch with both hands. And then it was one hand. And then, and then it was, okay, now, and boom, then they fall down. And then it was just like, okay, then they start to take steps where they can walk on their own. That's how our lives are when we're born again. We start out scooting. And then we get, you know, and then we start to, to progress in our walk with God. But, but where do, have you ever noticed this? Every parent in here has done this to their child. They, they encourage them and they're saying this in a really high voice. And they're, they're saying, really, you guys all know what I'm talking about. Say, oh, you're so sweet. Come here, come on. And where do we get this from? No, I, I'm, I'm asking you, where do we get this from? We all have done it. Every one of your parents have probably have done it. Every one of your kids, if they have kids, will, will do it or have done it. It comes from the Father because He does the same thing to us when we're born again. Because when we're born again, we're not standing up as a fully functioning adult and saying, hey, what's going on? I got everything. I can walk. I can, I can talk. I can feed myself. No, we start out as an infant and we grow and God's over there across the room going, you can do it. Come on. I have faith in you. I trust you. You can do it. That's who the father is. He's not just over there. Hurry up. Stand up. Walk. You better stand up. He, he isn't over there barking commands at, at, at the one-year-old that's learning to, learning to walk. He's over there saying, I see you. You're good. You're doing it. That's because the love of the father is translating through us to our children. And that's how the Father acts with us when we are born again. So when we're 35 years into, into our walk with God, he's not going to be like, you can do it, come on. He's like, okay, I taught you to walk like 34 and a half years ago. You should be able to do this on your own. So it, it shouldn't, we shouldn't be gradually, at 35 years in the faith, we shouldn't be like, well, I hope I can do this and stumbling around, you know, doing the little the step. He God is expecting us to grow in our faith. He doesn't expect us to stay an infant. He wants us to become fully matured so that way when this happens, this stays here. When life goes this way, our faith and our eyes are set upon Him because we know that He is the one that's going to carry us through. There's a cartoon um, and it says, um, you guys have heard of the footsteps thing? And I saw this little cartoon and and the guy says, this is the spot, where, and this is Jesus in this little cartoon character. Says, this is the spot where I carried you. Or this is us walking together. And this, the, the next little spot says, this is where I carried you. And he goes, what's that spot? He goes, oh, that's where I left you over there. And there was a hot dog stand, and I had to get a hot dog because I really wanted something. Everybody thinks, oh, God is just going to carry me through. No, God, it, God expects you to stand up and walk with him as we mature. Like I said to somebody one time, I said, you know what? Faith and, and um, growing with God, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's we carry you. Sometimes we walk with you. Sometimes we drag you across the sand, kicking and screaming. So there's just heel marks dragging across, but we're going to get you there. 
faith is not a, is not a, a process that is overnight. Yes, faith can increase greatly in a, um, a few weeks or a few days because some, uh, the Holy Spirit will move in somebody and their heart becomes so receptive to it that they can grow from it. But it's not a, well, I, gotta, I have all my faith in, in two and a half weeks of being born again. It's a gradual process of maturing in who we are as Christians, who we are as followers of Christ, so we don't become um, the heel draggers. Nobody wants a heel dragger. Sometimes you, you drag them across the sand, you're dragging them, but you know what? You're getting them to the point where then they can stand on their own and you either walk with them or they walk by themselves. So, Hebrews 11.6, and we know all this. It says, it's impossible to please God and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. We don't really use those words earnestly and diligently anymore. Because it's not something our society is used to. Our society is used to um, if I want to seek God, I don't have to do anything. I can click the button on the TV. I can click the button on my phone. There, there's, everything is, is handed to me easily. And don't get me wrong, that's awesome. I love to be able to pull up Scripture on my iPad or my phone if I'm going through, you know, verse of the day is great because I can just, oh, that's really good, love it. But diligently and earnestly seeking God, there's something different than, than uh, just, oh, well, there it is. That means that you're actually going after something. That means when you're um, seeking after him, it doesn't mean you're just like, oh, I'm just going to, whatever happens. Well, scripture popped up. Oh, that'll be the scripture I read today. Earnestly and diligently seeking him means that you're, you're focused on what you're doing. You're not like, well, you know, I'm just going to kind of, whatever happens with my walk with God, it happens. We got too many people like that. He says, I want you to earnestly, Paul's saying, earnestly and diligently seek after God. Don't be like, well, I'm just going to float through life and whatever happens, happens. And when I need God, I'll call, call on God. We see too much of that on TV. Like I talked to you guys before, it's like that prayer. Well, God, you know, I, haven't, I don't talk to you much, but I can really use a hand right now. I don't, God's like, who are you? I don't remember you. You know, and I'm, I'm joking about that, but it, it's kind of like, oh, hey, you, yeah. What's your name? We haven't talked in a while. You usually get me about once a year when you need something. But earnestly and diligently seeking him doesn't mean he's playing a game of Marco Polo. You know, God, here. You know, a lot of people walk around with blindfolds on. Well, I'll just... Wherever God is, I'll just kind of find him out. You know, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. You know, it, it, we, we got to quit playing games with him. Our faith is not a game. Our faith is, is um, our lives can, can balance in, in, with faith. Sometimes our lives depend on it. I know lot, some of you know the story, some of you don't, but our do- both of our daughters' lives depended on our faith. And it depended on us having faith, but also God putting people in, in our path because both of our daughters probably would be dead right now. I guarantee you at least one of them would be if it wasn't our faith wasn't um, something that we were building upon. 
And so for us, it was like, okay, this is not a game. This is not something that we just kind of take as lightheartedly. Oh yeah, faith. It, it was something that we fought for. We earnestly sought, okay, God, what, is your, what does your word say? God, what is, what is your end-all solution for this? What do you want from this? What does your word say about this? So when we earnestly and diligently seek after God, what is this? It says he's a rewarder. So that means um, when Jesus says, seek and you shall find, God doesn't just lay out a little bunny trail of breadcrumbs for us to go to every area of faith that we want to. He says, you need to earnestly and diligently seek out. Because when you seek out, you will find. So that means we have to open this up and not just like, oh, okay, well, it says that. Well, what does that mean? If you don't know, look it up. If you still don't know, ask someone. Because growth, our faith doesn't depend on just us for growth. It depends on a community of believers who are more mature and have more experience to help us grow. So when we diligently seek out, when we're running towards him, you know, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So that, that means there's a, there's a staggering there. there. There's not just like, Paul's not walking next to Jesus. He's following. So the, then the mindset, I'm thinking there's three people ahead of me, or excuse me, two people ahead of me. There's three people walking. There's Jesus off in the distance. Paul's there, and people who are following Paul are following behind because he's following Christ. So he doesn't say, well, you know, just come alongside me and I'll, I'll, we'll walk right arm in arm with Jesus. He's like, no, because there's a level. Jesus is our high priest. Paul is learning from Jesus and Paul is teaching who he was teaching his students and his uh, members of the church in the different areas that he was attending. So we follow him earnestly. We don't just like, okay, well, which road did they turn on? We keep our eyes on it. You guys ever been, uh, you know, go, following somebody and you're just like, where the heck are they going? If anybody's ever followed me while driving, both my, myself, both of my wife, wife and, our, and me and my wife, if you have followed us while we drive, you better keep up. Because if you don't keep up, you know where we're going. We'll meet you when we get there. So we don't drive fast. We just don't wait for anybody. Um, so Paul's saying you have, to, you have to, to be earnestly seeking after. You can't just close your eyes and go, okay, oh, look, there's a rock along the way. You have to be focused on him. Because Paul was focused on Jesus saying, I'm going to follow Jesus. So that means you have to focus on Paul because he's focused on Jesus. So when we're following, we have to focus on God and say, okay, Jesus is going this way. He's taking a left there. I'm going to take a left there. I'm not going to take a right and go, now where the heck did he go? You ever got turned around when you're going somewhere and you're like, I don't even know where I am and I'm scared right now. That's how life can be. When we focus on Jesus, we follow him. And we're like, okay, he turned left. I'm, I'm not quite up there yet, but I know I need to turn left. And then when you turn, if you turn right, you're like, oh yeah, um, okay, I need to go this way. So our faith, as we follow Christ, like Paul said, our faith increases. Because it's not just a way down the road, it's a level and another level and another level of growth in our lives. Because when we go to that next level and we seek after him, he rewards us with a greater level of faith. When we seek after his kingdom, when we seek after his heart, he rewards us with a greater level of faith. Because what happens is, is this, is how do we grow in our faith? 
our faith grows when it is tested. It either grows or it shrinks. It either rises to the situation or cowers down. Faith is an action, not an idea. And a lot of people like to think of it as an idea. Oh, I just, I've got faith. I, I love God. Well, yes, I, I do too. I love God. But it is not something that is just, well, we, we use faith in two different terms in the church too many times. We, we use it as, oh, I have faith. Well, it's great. The devil does too. The devil believes in Jesus. He knows Jesus is there. He, he, hard not to. But our faith needs to be grounded. Okay, yes, Jesus is my Savior. I trust him. But then the, the ever-increasing part of it is that I'm going to grow in this no matter what it takes. It has to be something that is an action, not, um, well, I'm going to hold on to my faith and I'm just going to carry it along and it, it's like a little, in a little box and I carry my faith everywhere. No, it, it needs to be, I'm going to grow in this. Okay, so if I'm struggling through a situation, okay, well, what does God say about my situation? What does his word say about my situation? What does he think about my situation? And how do I align my thinking and my heart up to the way God is speaking so I can rise to that situation? Because if we don't find out what God is thinking about this situation or what he's saying about this situation, our faith can't, won't rise to that situation because we don't know what he says. Paul says, follow, follow me as I follow Christ. It's a game of follow the leader. And if you don't follow the leader, you're not going to know what's going on. <laughs> Faith is a key to our victory in our lives. Are we all going to have some defeats here and there? Yes, we all will. We've all lived through defeats. And you know what? We recover from that and we grow. This year, what are some of the victories you want to see in your life? What are fights that you've had for the last year or the year before? What do you want to see change? And I'm going to ask you this question. And what does God want to change your mind about? What does God want to change your mind about Him about your circumstances, your situation, your issues, whatever it is, what is God trying to change your mind on? You know that situation that you're unsure of? God's already made up his mind on it. God doesn't change his mind. So that, that situation, you're like, man, I just don't know what to do right now. God's already got the, the answer. God's already got the, the final result. We have to figure out what that result is. And we, have, we can either figure out what it is or make our own result. So that, that situation that you're like, I just don't know what's going to go on. God's like, I know. I've made up my mind on what I want to do. But our job is to have our faith to believe that we're, what God is going to do, he's going to do. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Sometimes when we're in that situation, it doesn't look like it. And a lot of times, God's already got the final word on it, but we just have to align ourselves with what His word is on that. And when that situation doesn't work out with what, what His word says, that means somewhere we missed it, and our faith needs to grow so we can see where God is. So, okay, we miss it. It's like, how did I miss that, God? Ask that question to Him. If you really want to know, ask Him that question. I've asked Him that question. I don't like the answer sometimes. 
But you know what? It's challenged me to increase my faith to know that and believe for a greater level in the Lord. So that situation that you're like, I don't know what's going on. God's already made up his mind. The results are already decided. We just have to align ourselves with, the, with, the, with God and see the way that he sees. Sometimes it's hard to see that because God only sees in the positive. He sees, your ne- he sees the negative, but he doesn't, he do- that doesn't affect him. It doesn't uh, influence his uh, decision. As humans, though, it's, it's a little tough, though. We get this, uh, uh, I know what God says, but this is really, uh. we've all been there. You're sitting in your car on the way home from something, you uh. We've all made that noise. But that decision in his mind is made up. He's not going to force us to that decision and to that path. He's waiting for us to walk down that path so we align with him. So when it says, have the faith of God, it means, it doesn't mean have faith in God, it means have faith like God. So believe what he believes. And don't be like, well, you know, I don't know. What does God say about it? Everything you need to know about life is going to be in here and it will reach out to you and it will slap you in the face sometimes. You will read a scripture that you've read a hundred times and it will slap you in the face and you're like, dang, that was good. Because you know what? God doesn't, Scripture, yes, it is printed on really thin pieces of paper that I usually rip. But it is alive and it is moving and it is never dead. If you read this book and you don't get something out of it, you may want to check what it says right there. Make sure it says Bible and um, reread it and readjust because there are scriptures in here that will slap you in the face and go, hey, wake up. Because you've read them and you're like, man, that pertains to this. But then God's like, well, you know what? I want it to pertain to this now. I want it to pertain to what you're dealing with at that moment. So God's already decided the results. Our job is to align our faith and grow our faith and say, you know what? I know God says about this. He says this in his word about this. So I'm going to say, okay, well, how do I get my faith to align with what God is saying about that. So that means we have to start to think about what we're thinking about, what we're saying about it, and what we're doing about the situations that we're in. So this year we're like, okay, I want this for my life. What are you going to do about it? You're just going to wait for it to happen, or are you going to say, God, I'm believing that whatever you want for me, if you don't have a a word for your life for, for this year, then you need to say, God, what, is, what do you want for my life this year? What do you want from me this year? Where do you want me to grow this year? What do you want me to lay down this year? And he says, well, I want you to believe for this. And you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> you're like, hold on, clean out yours. Say that again. Think about it. Abraham, he asked him some really crazy stuff. Hey, leave your family, go to a new land you don't know. And, we, and now I want you to... Uh, I'm going to make you a father at 90 uh, or 100, and then uh, I want you to kill your son, 
and, but you're still going to be the father of many nations. He's like, excuse me? Huh? What? That, that takes a lot of faith to get up and move, take, your fam- or take what you have in your family and move away from everybody you know and create something new. And it takes a lot of faith to believe that you're going uh, to be a father at 100 and your wife's going to be 90 and have a baby. And then it takes a lot of faith to go up on a mountain and say, you know what? God told me to kill you. He probably didn't, he probably didn't say that to him. He's like, hey, come on, let's go take a walk. Um, so firstborns, if your parents ever ask you to go take a walk, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, he, he asked his son to come up. And, he, and the, can you imagine what's going through his mind? And some parents are like, I, sometimes I want to take out my firstborn. Um, but... Um, can you imagine what he is going through walking up that mountain saying, okay, God, you promised me this. I believed it. I saw it. You, you came through both times. You brought me out of, my fa- out of my family, out of my land and brought me into new land. You brought me a son and now you're asking me to, to kill my son. But I know your promises are true because you've been truthful in the past and I know you'll be truthful in the future. I know you've come through in the past and I know you'll provide in the future. So he's going up to the mountain and he's like, I don't know what God's going to have to do. If I got to kill him, he's going to bring him back. I don't know what's going to go on. But he's going up to the mountain because he's going to honor God because he said to do it. And he knew God was faithful. Abraham's faith aligned with God's beliefs. That's why he's called the father of our faith. That's why when he went to do those things, he said, yes, I will do those. Did he have moments where he, he faltered and had unbelief? Absolutely. But he had faith. Our faith with, with God's belief have to align. So what we're believing for has to align with God's word. It has to align with what God's plans and purposes are for us. And sometimes it's hard to f- understand that, but... We have to align our beliefs with what God says. So if we're going to increase in our faith, we have to say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to grow? Do you want me to grow um, in this area? What do you want me to lay down? And what do you want me to start doing or not do? And then he says, okay, I want you to believe for this. Even if he doesn't say, what do you want to believe for? What do you want to see in your life? What do you want to see change in your life? And you say, okay, God, I want to see this change in my life. Well, then open this up. Find out what God says about it and say, okay, God, well, you say this about it. So this is what I'm going to believe for. I'm going to believe for this because your word says it. This situation in my life sucks right now. Um, It's not going what I want it to be or it's going good, but I want to increase it. Whether your situation is good or bad, there's always a turnaround for everything. So even, even if it's good right now, God's like, you can always be better. If you want to grow, you have to set your sights on something that is higher than you. I remember in high school, or yeah, ninth, ninth grade, 10th grade, everybody wanted to dunk a basketball. And we're white kids, somebody come on. So we, were, we would all do it. Every, every day we'd go up and we would touch the backboard. And then we would touch the backboard. We'd, try to, we'd mark a little line with a ladder and we'd try, it was a dry erase. So we'd try to get our hand up there and see if we could wipe it off. So we would do it a little bit more. And then once we could do that, we would try to get our, our hand over the rim. 
And, and we would keep doing that. So eventually it was like, okay, I dunked a little basketball. And then I dunked this little mini, mini little foam one. Then we go to a little mini basketball. And then we go with a, a volleyball. And then we go with a women's basketball. So it was, it was never like, well, I just went up there and I dunked it the first time. It was, it was an increase. It was always stretching ourselves to go to the next. Some days it was like, I can't even jump. And the next day it was like, I got it. I wiped that line off. And then it was a gradual increase of doing it because we wanted to grow. So we can't be stagnant in our faith going, ah, yeah, it's okay. I'll just look at it. It has to be a, a setting a line and say, okay, I got there. Boom, I got it. Boom, I got it. Boom, I got it. Because God is, is drawing us and he's, he's calling us to do that. He's calling us to grow in our levels of faith. And he's, because as we grow in our maturity, our faith level will grow. So if you say, I want to be more mature, or I want more faith, if you want more faith, start in a process of maturing. If you want to be more mature, start in a process of believing. Because when you start to believe, he's going to actually make it a little bit harder for you to start to grow. He's going to say, I'm going to put things um, on you and say, you know what, you're going to have to do this. Because we want, I, want to, I want to be able to just go to somebody like, Oh, you're raised from the dead. Well, it doesn't start with this. It starts with a gradual process of it. And God's like, okay, so if you want to grow in your faith, I'm going to allow circumstances in your life to put you to the test, to put that faith to the test. So if you're starting here and I can step over it, that's great. And then I can jump over it. But then sometimes the mountain, doesn't the mountain... Sometimes what we think is a mountain is actually a molehill, and God's just like, hey, uh, do this. And then sometimes it's this. I won't dance for you, but. Um. <laughs> so what God is saying is, is, I want you to grow in your faith, but you've got to have eyes to see what it is. Sometimes our eyes don't see what actually is in front of us. We see what we're, what we're imagining. We see what is, we think is the problem, and God's like, that's not the problem. The problem is, is this, and you need to grow in this. And we're like, oh. And then when you grow in that, you're like, oh, that wasn't the problem. And you look at the situation that you were in, and you're like, Psh, I could have done this. And so what we need to do is we grow, say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? God's goals for you sometimes aren't the goals that you have. Sometimes your levels of faith that you have and are desiring for aren't where he wants them to be. But he's like, you know what? Hey, I'm going to hold your hand through this. Step over, jump, push you over. But God's going to walk alongside you. And the great thing about the kingdom of God is, is this, is when you're uh, going through situations and you're going through circumstances, God is walking with you, sometimes carrying you, sometimes dragging you. But the kingdom is, is this, is he creates fathers and mothers, sons and daughters to walk alongside of us. It's not just, oh, well, here's one person. That's the only person that can help me in my life. God creates a kingdom of people to walk with. So that means multiple people being able to walk you through and walk with you in the times of life that you need them to, because that's how God designed it. He didn't design it to, for one person to guide you your entire life. He designed it for us to follow the Holy Spirit so that when we walk together as a body that we are supporting each other, carrying each other. 
So that way, when we grow in our faith, it's not just one person that goes, oh yeah, good job. It's a group of people celebrating, man, look where they've gone from to where they go, are now. Look what God is doing in their life. Look where their, their life is heading because we set our eyes on Jesus and we follow him. Not closing our eyes, not turning around, where, where'd God go? We follow him because he's leading where he wants us to be. Let's pray.